Just lift your voice and say, reach it. 
early Sunday morning gospel program, Morning Inspirations, and it's prayer time. Time to go to the throne of grace. Dearly Father, we thank you, first of all, for life, for giving us life. Thank you for bringing us up early this morning, Lord. God is on our way. You didn't have to do it, but you did. And we thank you for that. Thank you for last night's stumbling sleep, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you for strengthening us to get up out the bed, Lord. To come here, Lord, and try to do your will. that you give me. Lord, we, we lift up those, Lord, under sound my voice, those who are under hospice care, lift up those in the hospital and those in psychiatric ward, those behind prison walls, we lift up those, Lord, who, who need you. Lord, we lift up those, Lord, who get ready to go to somebody's church this morning. Give them, give them safe journey to their, to that house of prayer. Your house of prayer, Lord. Bless that, bless those, Lord, who are traveling the highways and byways right now this morning. Give them safe journey, Lord. Remember those, Lord, we lift up. Men and women in all forces. We lift up our men and women who are first responders, Lord. We lift them up to you as well, Lord. We lift up our children this morning to, to, to pray that to be safe for the many of, for the remainder of the summer. And have fun, Lord. And we pray that that, that while they're having fun. Enjoying the summer, that we pray that they be safe. No incidents or accidents, Lord. And when we lift up parents to you, Lord, we lift up our children, we lift up those, those children, Lord, who, who are adopted, Lord. We lift up those newborns to you, Lord. Lift up those, Lord, who, oh, who, Lord, who, who are homeless at the moment, Lord. That family that's that bad place to go due to some circumstance. We lift them up to you, well as well, Lord. We lift up churches everywhere, Lord. We lift up these pastors, Lord, that too. Bring the word today. Bless my wife, Lord. Bless my family, my friends, my church family. Let's just preach you to bring your word this morning, Lord. Speak to me. We thank you for this podcast audience, Lord. 
broadcast audience. Bless them in a special way. Thank you, Father. Bless the next Lord. You know what the problem is. We still believe that you can heal. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. See you at the top of the hour. All across the United States, people are involved in a debate about the biblical Ten Commandments. There have been numerous court battles concerning the displaying of the Ten Commandments in public schools or government buildings. One popular radio talk show host recently published a book about the Ten Commandments. It's ironic, though, that while some Christians vehemently defend the posting of the Ten Commandments, Many other Christians believe that these laws have no application to modern Christianity. These are the headlines. In a moment, we're going to look at the important news behind the headlines. Welcome to the Good News Program, presented by the publishers of the Good News Magazine. The Good News doesn't try to cover up today's problems. This is a program that dares to look at today's dilemmas and ask the questions that must be asked. It seeks the answers that must be found. Answers that can only be discovered from the pages of your Bible. Please join Gary Petty for a discussion of today's good news subject. Our society is in the midst of a morality battle. A focal point of this struggle is the posting of the Ten Commandments in public schools and government buildings. Underneath the surface, there is a much more important issue in the Christian community than posting of the Ten Commandments. The question that is really being asked is, are the Ten Commandments even relevant today? A survey done a few years ago involving people ages 15 to 35 revealed that most people could name no more than two of the Ten Commandments. An Atlantic Monthly article in the survey's respondents said that many, quote, weren't too happy about some of the others when they were told about them. They also had clear ideas about how the commandments might be revised for modern times. Support was weak for keeping the Sabbath holy and honoring one's father and mother, but thou shalt not drink and drive, and thou shalt care for the environment would have appeared on any new list of commandments put together by this group. The group, by the way, was also asked to pick who they thought should be in charge of drawing up a new list of commandments. The number one choice, Oprah Winfrey. Over the last few decades in the United States, there have been various movements to create a new Ten Commandments. Author Orion Moshe Koppelman, in his book, The Second Ten Commandments, claims that the Ten Commandments have outlived their usefulness. He promotes commandments like, maximize your time spent in flow and happiness, and act true to your inner voice and fulfill your mission. John Leo, in U.S. News and World Report, speculates that if we begin to change the Ten Commandments to fit into modern ways of thinking, then they might appear as, thou shalt not steal. My creative work on your tax return is okay. Thou shalt not kill, except during any of the trimesters or if the Pentagon says you must. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's goods, except in the sense that our whole economy depends on the power of envy and wanting more. Thou shalt not commit adultery, except if thou art unhappy or if personal fulfillment points thee towards the new secretary in thine office. Honor thy mother or mothers, including thy birth, adoptive, step, surrogate or same-sex partner mothers, and honor thy father, 
thy mother's sperm donor, or her casual inseminator, current whereabouts unknown. <laughs> what do you think? Unfortunately, these fit our society. There are a number of forces driving our society towards seeing the Ten Commandments as outmoded, even oppressive. One is the New Age movement. Jesus Christ participated in the typical first century Jewish debates over Old Testament law, which included the Ten Commandments. When asked to state the most important law, Jesus simply stated two laws from the Old Testament. Love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Now, Shirley MacLaine, a queen of New Age philosophy, promotes two modernized commandments in her book, Dancing in the Light. Know that you are God, and know that you are the universe. What a profound difference between the belief that there is a supreme being with knowledge of right and wrong and the right to enforce his reality on his creation is quite different from the belief that each person is a god or goddess with only his or her own thoughts and feelings as determinants of right and wrong. A second type of resistance to the Ten Commandments arises from the ever-increasing secularizing of America. This movement is based upon a belief that personal liberty, defined as nobody can tell me how to live my life, is the most important factor. Of course, the problem with commandments that restrict cheating on your income tax, committing adultery with your neighbor, or lying to get ahead is that they also restrict personal freedom to do whatever feels good at the moment. A third force is in Christianity itself. Since the early days of Catholicism and in the relatively shorter lifetime of Protestantism, there has been a struggle in defining the relationship of God's grace to God's law. Many churches openly denounce the keeping of the Ten Commandments as unnecessary for Christians. Others give lip service to them, but only keep the ones that they like. It is this theological struggle that must be settled before either the New Age movement or secularism can be confronted by our nation's religious institutions. This confusion leaves many professing Christians so bewildered that they base their religious convictions on vague concepts of morality devoid of any real guidelines for conduct. If the Ten Commandments given by God are valid guidelines for Christian conduct, then let's face it, much of Christianity itself stands indicted by those same Ten Commandments. If Christians accept the validity of the Ten Commandments, then we must face some hard questions about our own religion, like why do Christians kill other Christians? Or why have millions of people been killed in wars fought in the name of Jesus Christ? Why do Christians cheat each other, dishonor their parents, or pray to statues and images in their worship of God, though this is plainly forbidden by the second of the Ten Commandments? Returning to John Leo of U.S. News & World Report, who writes, It's possible to put together a modern, pro-impulse set of commandments based on advertising slogans. Just do it. Just be. Sometimes you've got to break the rules. Peel off inhibitions. Find your own road. The National Parenting Center asked children to suggest additional commandments. Among their ideas, no bombing for the heck of it. Thou shalt not address people by their color and no grabbing. <laughs> Are the Ten Commandments relevant today, or can we trivialize them to the same level as use a good day planner to maximize your time? Are they simply ten suggestions the Creator wanted to pass on to humanity? Are they laws that only apply to an ancient people but have little application to modern life? 
If they are applicable today, what is the price we pay both individually and collectively for breaking them? In the next segment, we'll be talking with a man who has written a book on the Ten Commandments. For many, it's a rather controversial approach, but it is important to your life. We'll be right back after this message. Did God give us the Ten Suggestions or the Ten Commandments? It's a crucial question. Never has our world had such a critical need for moral guidance and direction. Plenty of people think of these ten principles as good suggestions, but how many people view these commands for what they are, our Creator's blueprint for a peaceful and prosperous society. They're designed to protect us, our families, and our communities. They're a guide to transform the way we think, what we do, and how we live our lives. For your free copy of this 80-page booklet, call 1-800-966-9232. Discover why they are the Ten Commandments and not just the Ten Suggestions. There's no cost or obligation. Call right now for your free copy, 1-800-966-9232. Are you tired of hearing nothing but bad news? Well, here's some good news. You can receive a year's subscription to the Good News Magazine absolutely free. The Good News Magazine isn't a Pollyannish cover-up of today's problems. It is a magazine that dares to look at today's problems and ask the questions that must be asked. The Good News seeks the answers that must be found, answers that can only be discovered in the pages of your Bible. Today's radio program is sponsored by the publishers of The Good News Magazine. Your free subscription to The Good News has already been paid. You will never be sent a bill or be obligated in any way. Simply call 1-800-966-9232. That's 1-800-966-9232 for your free subscription to The Good News Behind the Headlines. We've been discussing the controversy in the United States in both religious and secular circles over the Ten Commandments. Are they outmoded? Did God intend them to apply only to ancient Israel? Should Christians even concern themselves with these ten statements as commands from God? We have with us today on the telephone hookup from Phoenix, Arizona, Roger Foster, author of a book some might consider controversial, titled The Ten Commandments. Welcome to the program, Roger. Thanks, Gary. It's good to be with you. In the very first chapter of your book, you launch into the Ten Commandment controversy, not by approaching the secular attack on them, but by approaching the belief of many Christians that Jesus replaced the Ten Commandments with the law of love. Now, isn't it true that the teachers of the New Testament replaced the Ten Commandments with the simple command to love one another? It's not true that they replaced the Ten Commandments at all, Gary. But what they did was they emphasized love a great deal more than it had been emphasized before. Christ made loving others the very centerpiece of his uh, teachings, of his gospel. And what he's teaching was that you cannot just keep the letter or keep the written code. Uh, for instance, you can't just not steal or you can't just not kill and really love others. You can not kill somebody and hate them. You, you start loving others when you have a deep concern for them. And that is the point that the New Testament teachers were trying to get across. You know, Roger, but doesn't the very concept of law equate to personal restrictions and loss of liberty? Well, some might think so, Gary. It depends on the spin you put on the word liberty. 
The Apostle Paul often used the concept of bondage and freedom in his letters, but he used them in a context that bondage is to sin. He explained that we need to be delivered from that type of bondage. But, you know, Paul never, ever spoke of freedom from um, freedom to do anything you want to. Paul never, never spoke of freedom to do anything you want to. Now, how would you then answer... Uh, I mean, there's a lot of people out there, a lot of Christians, who, who would say, well, Jesus Christ is the Son of God, uh, came and died to abolish the Ten Commandments for Christians. Well, Christ never in any way said that he would abolish the Ten Commandments. In fact, is someone came to him one time and said to him, and this is recorded in Matthew 19, verses uh, 16 through 19, uh, the fellow said, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? And, of course, Jesus answered him, Why do you ask me about what is good? There is only one who is good. If you wish to enter life or into life, keep the commandments. Uh, the fellow asked him then, uh, Which ones? And Jesus said, uh, You shall not murder, and began to list the Ten Commandments. So here is a very direct answer from Jesus Christ. It's like we would come to him personally and say, What do you feel about the Ten Commandments? And he answers it. He lists the Ten Commandments as being necessary for eternal life. So the very idea that eternal life can be obtained without them is contrary to what Christ said. Also, in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, Jesus actually said, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law of the prophets. I have not come to abolish, but to fulfill. Now, that word fulfill is interesting. It means to fill up. It means to be replete or to fill to the brim. In other words, Jesus came to fill up the meaning of God's law, not to abolish it. Now, Roger, Jesus did say that he brought a new commandment. Does this mean that he somehow replaced the old commandments? Jesus brought a new commandment. Let's understand what that new commandment is all about. In fact, if I'd like to just read it to you, Jesus said, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you that you also love one another. Now, the idea of loving one another is not new at all. In fact, if that was a part of the Old Testament law, and it is very, very much a part of the New Testament. It is in both Testaments. But what was new in that commandment, Gary, is the part where Christ said, as I have loved you. Now, remember, Jesus said in another place, greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. That tremendous love of being willing to sacrifice even your life for your friends was something that Jesus was setting as an example for all of those who would follow, a tremendous love that went beyond just caring for people, but being willing to truly sacrifice for them. And that kind of love was his example. The newness was his example, not the fact that love uh, was something that had never been there before. And we need to really understand that. But some would say, isn't it true that nobody can really keep the Ten Commandments? That's true. People will say that. They have the idea sometimes that uh, you cannot live up to the Ten Commandments. And the answer to that actually is in two parts. In one part, you can say, no, it's not impossible to obey the Ten Commandments. They're very easy to obey. If you're looking at the letter of the law. But on the other hand, if you look at it from another point of view, 
you can say, yes, it is impossible to obey them. Not only the Ten Commandments, though, but any moral code. It's impossible for human beings to obey those uh, commandments. Now, you have to ask, though, what is the reason? What's the problem? Why is that true? The problem is not in the commandments themselves. It's in the nature of man. In Romans 8, 7, the Apostle Paul uh, wrote that the mind of man is carnal, uh, and he says, for this reason the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Now, if we bring that element into it, it's in our very uh, attitudes, our very being, and we've got to come to a point that we recognize we have to change. It's not the law that needs to be changed. It's our human nature that presents us with the problem. So the problem isn't with the law, it's with human beings. And we're going to talk some more about the Ten Commandments right after this. Did God give us the Ten Suggestions or the Ten Commandments? It's a crucial question. Never has our world had such a critical need for moral guidance and direction. Plenty of people think of these ten principles as good suggestions, but how many people view these commands for what they are, our Creator's blueprint for a peaceful and prosperous society. They're designed to protect us, our families, and our communities. They're a guide to transform the way we think, what we do, and how we live our lives. For your free copy of this 80-page booklet, call 1-800-966-9232. Discover why they're the Ten Commandments and not just the Ten Suggestions. There's no cost or obligation. Call right now for your free copy, 1-800-966-9232. Are you tired of hearing nothing but bad news? Well, here's some good news. You can receive a year's subscription to the Good News Magazine absolutely free. The Good News Magazine isn't a Pollyannish cover-up of today's problems. It is a magazine that dares to look at today's problems and ask the questions that must be asked. The Good News seeks the answers that must be found, answers that can only be discovered in the pages of your Bible. Today's radio program is sponsored by the publishers of The Good News magazine. Your free subscription to The Good News has already been paid. You will never be sent a bill or be obligated in any way. Simply call 1-800-966-9232. That's 1-800-966-9232 for your free subscription to The Good News Behind the Headlines. We're talking with Roger Foster by telephone, author of a book about the Ten Commandments. I want to discuss a little about a few of the individual commandments. But first of all, Roger, we've talked about how Jesus related to the Ten Commandments. But didn't the Apostle Paul write that Christians don't have to keep the law anymore? No, Gary. Paul never said that or anything close to that. But he did teach that no law, God's law or man's law, is sufficient to change our human nature. Uh, that is possible only through the power of the Holy Spirit. And that is why it is uh, necessary and very, very important that we have a relationship with God. Jesus Christ came to make it possible for us to 
restore that relationship. What he did, he died to pay for our sins. And then he also uh, made it possible for us to receive the power from God to keep the Ten Commandments and to keep the, all of God's laws. Now, I think you would agree that, that God wants more out of human beings than just some kind of blind obedience to Ten Laws. Uh, what would you say, then, is the purpose of the Ten Commandments? Well, the Ten Commandments, Gary, define God's character or divine nature. God is love. We find that back in John 4, verses 8 and 16. The Ten Commandments define how we are to love God and how we should respect and love one another. Uh, it's very, very important that we understand that. Which of the commandments, then, do you think are the most ignored in, in our society, and why do you think they're ignored? I would say the most ignored commandment is the one that tells us to uh, not to have any other gods before the true God. Uh, that commandment is the one that, that ties together all of our relationships with God. Now, that blanket is the one that says, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Those two commandments are very critical to our relationship with God. And as a whole, we human beings tend to ignore them. We have all kinds of things that we worship beside God. People idolize their rock stars, idolize movie stars. We make uh, God out of money. We serve other things. And we give God very, very little of our time. And those are the two commandments that, by ignoring them, really cost us because they cut us off from that close relationship with God that is very, very essential uh, for us to learn his ways, develop his character, and reflect what he intended when he gave us the Ten Commandments. Now, you, you've talked about the letter of the law, and the, you keep using the term spirit of the law. Could you explain the difference, uh, what you mean by those two, uh, two different terms? Let's look at the letter of the law as if we're dealing with a legal matter. A judge has to go to exactly what's written in law to make a decision. He can't go beyond it. But if we're looking at loving others, we can do far more than just what we're required to. In fact, as Jesus said at one time, that if you only do what you're required to do, say, I'm an unprofitable servant. I've only done what I've been commanded to. You are profitable only if you go way beyond that and begin to do those things that show personal interest in people, genuine love for them. And you, as Christ said, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Um. Another one of the uh, chapters is entitled, Key to Our Relationship with God, and that's the fourth commandment. Now, how is the fourth commandment a key to our relationship with God? Any relationship needs time. If a marriage is going to succeed, a husband and wife must take time for each other. There is no way that a relationship is going to succeed unless time is devoted to it. God has the same principle written in this law. He says, you've got to take time for me. So he sets aside time and makes it sacred time. And he tells us in other parts of the Bible that the purpose of that time is to draw near to God, to get close to him. And I explain in the booklet how that can be done and why that is so, so important. 
Now, you can get your free copy of the Ten Commandments that we've been talking about here in today's program by calling 1-800-966-9232. And remember, all literature offered on the good news is free because it's paid for by our sponsor, the United Church of God. I want to thank you, Roger Foster, for being on the program with us today. Well, thank you, Gary. A better relationship with your Creator, a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ, a better life for individuals and society. These are why the Ten Commandments should be a more important part of your life. You can have a free copy of the book we've been talking about on today's program, The Ten Commandments, simply by calling this toll-free number, 1-800-966-9232. Remember, it's free, sponsored by the United Church of God. Why were you born? There is a big difference between grasping your future and simply going on the way you have been. The choice is up to you. For good news, I'm Gary Penny. Why are we plagued with so many problems? Why do we see so many broken homes, broken marriages, broken relationships? There is a cause for every effect. These problems didn't come from nowhere. They've happened for a reason. The reason, quite simply, is that we aren't following the instructions. We've been given an instruction book, but we've chosen to ignore it. We've tried to do things our own way and brought enormous suffering on ourselves. We have a free 10-point instruction booklet for you. Our Creator has summarized His instructions for us in 10 simple points, the Ten Commandments. We've prepared this booklet, The Ten Commandments, to help you discover what these instructions from our Creator are all about. Call 1-800-966-9232. There is no cost or obligation. 1-800-966-9232. Have you had about all the bad news you can take? Maybe you could use some good news. The Good News is a full-color, bi-monthly magazine that brings you the best news you can hear, and always from a biblical perspective. All literature on this program is provided free as an educational service in the public interest by the United Church of God. It is absolutely free, and there is no charge or obligation. Simply call 1-800-966-9232. The magazine is free. The contents are priceless. The number again is 1-800-966-9232. Operators are standing by for your call. Or visit us on the web at www.ucg.org. You've been listening to the Good News Radio Program, presented by the publishers of the Good News Magazine. We seek the answers that must be found, answers that can only be discovered from the pages of your Bible. To receive your free copy of the literature offered on today's program, please call toll-free 1-800-966-9232. There is absolutely no cost or obligation. 1-800-966-9232. Jam Radio Network with Minister Kenneth Jenkins. Oh, 
is Morty Inspirations on Jam Radio 2.1.
and that is so comforting. Jesus knows your health problems, even before your doctor gives a clear diagnosis. And it's because he loves you and knows what he's doing that you can trust that God has your best interests at heart. He knows your pain. He's aware of your fears, the medications you take, the tests you need. And like that man at the pool of Bethesda, Jesus will not pass you by. Yes, you may well get healed, but if not, he'll have a different healing for you. A deeper, more lasting healing than you could possibly imagine. Come to the forest. It's a place not so far away. A place where you don't have to mow the lawn. Or babysit. I saw lizards and squirrels and bugs. Ladybugs, caterpillars. It's really cool, actually. A place where you don't have to make time for free time. Lots and lots of kinds of species here. Out here, you may even meet the mysterious creature known as the other you. The enchanted you. Magic what flowers do. The adventurous you. My favorite tree. Yes. That one. The free-to-be-me you. (laughs) Ask your parents to take you to this not-so-far-away place. Come to the forest, where the other you lives. But first, stop by discovertheforest.org, a public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Jill, why didn't you tell the class what you did this weekend? Well, my dad and I went in search of some magical minnows and found a zillion of them in the stream from our lookout rock. Then my sister and I escaped from an evil Slug King and went back to my super twig fort for safety. Then we told stories till it got dark, and the Big Dipper led us all the way home. Where were you, Jill? We went to the forest. It's not that far away. Ask your parents to take you and your friends to the forest this week. It's closer than you think. Check out discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Hi, this is Donnie McClurgan, and I've got a personal note that I'd really like to drop in your spirit today. I want you to understand the blessings of God and how they're supposed to enhance our lives. Blessings are not always financial, but the Bible says in Proverbs 10 and 22, it says, the blessings of God makes us rich and adds no sorrow. This richness that it's speaking of deals with our lives being full, our lives being complete, our joy being prevalent and noticeable, us being seen as someone who profits in God. The richness of God deals with a soul that is healed, a spirit that is in touch with Jesus. Our lives being rich is having our family whole, as having our friends close, and even our enemies reconciled. The blessings of God makes us rich and will take your sorrows away. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my honor to introduce a man who needs no introduction. His credits are too long to list. He has done the impossible time after time. He has, out of a manger in Bethlehem, Jerusalem, by way of heaven. His mother is still headlining in the Catholic Church today. His daddy is the author of a book that has been on the bestseller list since the beginning of time. 
you Mind Block Radio. Turn it up. Tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on Talk Show. 
It is Nation Talk right here. This is Bob Carlisle and my man Brian Duckin. We're going to be ready. Talk to you in Jeff Radio.
This is Ken Ham on a mission to strengthen the global church with God's Word. If there really was a worldwide flood, what would the evidence be? Well, billions of dead things, buried in rock layers, laid down by water all over the earth. And this is exactly what we find. Around the globe, there are massive graveyards with millions or even billions of creatures buried together. For example, around the Grand Canyon, over a billion nautiloids are buried in an area over 10,000 square miles. Seven trillion tons of buried vegetation have formed massive coal seams on every continent. Trillions of microscopic creatures from chalk beds stretching from Britain to the Middle East and even across the Atlantic to the US. These examples, they point toward Noah's global flood. To learn more about the compelling evidence for a global flood, visit our award-winning website of AnswersInGenesis.org. That's AnswersInGenesis.org. Have you ever dreamed of being a karate master? Well, stop dreaming and start chopping with the Karate Glove. Hi, my name's Molly, inventor of the Karate Glove, and I have just one and a half words for you. Hiya! The Karate Glove chops through anything. Just put it on and instantly chop through wood, Hi-ya! concrete, Hi-ya! brick walls, Hi-ya! trees, Hi-ya! small cars. It can even chop through these eight guitars. Chops things. If I can invent a karate glove, just imagine what you can do. Visit inventnow.org to get started on your invention. Anything's possible. Keep thinking. Brought to you by the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, the National Inventors Hall of Fame Foundation, and the Ad Council. It's high on time. This is Morning Inspirations with Minister Kenneth Jenkins. more than 
and Mavis Staples. God is alive. Don't forget tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, it's Nation Talk here on Talk You and Jam Radio. His comment ain't for now. Preachers, especially you know, black preachers just got so much flavor. 
I think, you know what, kids get scared sometimes when preachers come into the classroom and give, like, the nursery rhymes because they do it their way. Kids get nervous because preachers lose, they lose where they are. They forget where they are. They think they're on Sunday at church behind the pulpit. They be just moaning. Now, boys and girls, this evening, this morning, we shall endeavor to talk about those things which are dealing with the, the, the possibilities and the agonousness of someone named Mother Goose. That wasn't Daddy Goose, and it, and it wasn't Little Brother Goose. It was Mother Goose. Understand that Jack be nimble and, and Jack be quick. Jack jumped over ha, the candlestick. Now, 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 see, when he jumped over, he had to say, Jesus, ha, now listen here and see Mary, Mary had a little lamb and the lamb's name was Jesus. Y'all don't hear me, little churn, little churn. Uh-huh. Mm, talking about my... A little something, but just in case you go to church this morning, you might get past my priest like that. Okay. Y'all have a good one. We'll see you at church near you.
and my Lord. I believe, Jesus, you are the Son of God. I believe you died for me to pay the price for all the wrong things that I've committed against God and against man. I believe that on the third day, by the power of God, you were raised from the dead as living proof that my trust in you tonight is not in vain. I believe that as Christ was raised from the dead, so tonight, Almighty God, you are raising me from the dead, from the death of sin. You are giving me a new life, the life of Jesus Christ. Oh God, on my testimony and the belief in my heart and according to your word, at this moment, I believe I am saved. I am saved. I am saved. Hallelujah. Oh, let me ask you, friends, in closing tonight, have you done this? Have you obeyed the gospel? Have you obeyed the gospel? Have you come to that obedience of faith? Have you come to that place of true repentance and true faith? Have you turned around? Have you forsaken your sin? Have you turned around? Have you forsaken your sin? And are you trusting alone tonight in Jesus Christ for your salvation? For there is no other way, there is no other message. For there is no other way, there is no other message. Oh, come to him, come to the Saviour tonight. Come to him just as you are. Come to him in your sin. Come to him in all your needs. And cast yourself upon his mercy and upon his infinite grace. Cast yourself upon his mercy and upon his infinite grace. Cast yourself truly to him. And you too will enter into that joy of sins forgiven, peace with God, and eternal, abundant life through Jesus Christ our Lord. How can I say thanks for the things you have done for me things so undeserved yet you gave your very life for me the voices of a million nations could not
Jenkins 